to challenge you this morning as we read. I want to talk about what does God mean to you? What does Jesus mean to you? And it's, it's easy because you say, well, I, I go to church, but well, that's good. That's still not enough. I, I read my Bible. That's good, too. But it's not enough. If all the things you do for your faith doesn't produce something, you know what I'm saying? If it doesn't produce a love for Jesus, if it doesn't produce a worship in your heart, then you've only been religious, right? There's not a person in this church, I don't want to see worshiping God. I really, I do. And I think the key to being free from a lot of things is worship. I sound like a broken record sometimes. But Jesus, in the gospel, spent most of his time worshiping, right? He got all by himself all night sometimes, praying and worshiping. Sing unto you hymns, spiritual songs, they say, hymns. That's to generate a spirit of love and worship for the Lord. Admiration, the word I want to use. Adoring him. Making sure that, that he is the most important thing in your life. This is going to be a simple message because, you know, we can, we can get up here and quote theology and quote, quote uh, you, know, you know, things like that. But I'm not interested in that this morning. I think the name, number one thing is that how do you feel about the Lord? Oh, I think I'm convicted myself. <laughs> what is your regard toward God or toward Jesus? Does your life bring the highest praise to him? See, I'm speaking to us as a church, but I'm speaking to you individually and Lanny individually. Because you, you only know that. You're the only one who can know how close you are to the Lord. Right? I wonder that myself sometimes, boy. I, 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 I go through my life. Listen, I hate to go through dry spells. Seriously, spiritually. I've been through them. I don't like them. I don't like when, I, when I'm not hearing God's voice. You understand what I'm saying? And you know what? I, I, I kind of I put it like a, uh, you know, the more western town, ghost town. I said that before. But it's like, you know, you, you got everything it takes in that town. You got a bank. You got a, 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 a jail. You got a, you got a, a doctor's office. You got a, but there's nothing there. <laughs> You understand what I'm saying? It's like, it's like you see a restaurant, but there's no food there. You want money, they got a bank there, but it's, the bank is broke. And I can still hear in my spirit that old wind blowing. And the old tumbling weeds going through the ghost town. I don't know about you, but I get like that sometimes. <laughs> and I feel it. I feel it, my God, I feel it because something is happening. I don't want that to be that far from God. You understand what I'm saying? I don't want to be that where I can't hear him or hear his voice. It's a scary thing not to hear the voice of God. Come on, somebody. And I don't use that excuse. Everybody goes through it. No, Lenny don't need to go through it. I don't. You don't need to go through it. And then sometimes God's going to separate us to himself. It's going to take some fasting sometimes. Oh, brother. 
You're getting serious, brother. It's going to take some devotion toward the Lord, some time with the Lord, time that you set aside for God. A couple of years back, he told me that, son, he said, you give me a place and a time. And I was telling Lou Kelsey, Kelsey, I said, he was talking about that Thursday night, about how you feel led to get up at 1.30 in the morning and pray. It's almost like you got a prayer clock. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? And I'm not lying to you. God is my witness. My wife will tell you, 4.30 in the morning, my eyes are doing this. It's, it's it, every, listen, sometimes I, 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 I make it by 4.28. <laughs> and you know what? Sometimes because God wants me to go wash my face, get wake up, you know, because he wants to speak to me. Golly, come on, somebody. The reason why he's doing that, it might, get, it might get hard. You're tired. You're weary. But he wants to speak to you. And I know when I get to the point where I'm doing that regularly. Man, like the, yesterday morning, I had to share with Sister Janice there. I got up and the verses I'm going to read to you this morning just stuck out so much to me. And I said, I, said, I want to share this with you. Because I was in the bathroom, I was weeping, man. I, was I said, God, help me. I want to know. I want to, like, I feel him all over me, praise God. I want to know your presence. I want to know your word. I want to hear your voice. Turn with me to Deuteronomy. I lost my glass. <laughs> oh, they're right here. <laughs> I want some more eyes, Lord. <laughs> Chapter 10, verse 12. Moses is instructing the children of Israel. He had wandered in the wilderness 40 years because they refused to go into the promised land. Remember the story? That they, they, they couldn't go in because they refused to do what God said, go take the land. They were scared of giants and all kind of other stuff. And they said, we can't do it. So God said, I'm going to show you what I'm going to do. You're going to wander in the wilderness for 40 years. And they said, oh, no, we ain't. Oh, yes, you are. Well, we got to go, we got to go fight them anyhow. God said, I'm not with you. Oh, I told you to go. You didn't. But now you want to go. You, I don't want you to go. So they went anyhow against God's word and, and, and they were defeated, right? Now, how many of you are defeated because you don't do what God says the first time? Amen. And when you see trouble comes, you say, I'm going to do it now, God. Amen. And you go do it, and all of a sudden, it don't work. <laughs> well, I'm preaching better than y'all listening. Hallelujah. Hey, we do, <laughs> it don't work because God told you. And the whole principle of that one story, in that, in, 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 when God told him to go, it was about believing the Lord, right? I might sound like a broken record. If you're not going to trust the word of God and believe in nothing else will work. Don't try to speak in tongues. Don't try to, try to get spiritual. Don't try to make yourself a spiritual. Till you accept that word. Till you do what it says. None of the other stuff will work. Right? I said till you do what it says. The rest of it won't happen. Right? It says here. 
You know when a, when a, when a verse jumps in your face? <laughs> you know God. God sees them. He says in verse 12, And now Israel, our quarter home, our land, or you, whoever's in here. You know, this is, this is God showing the children of Israel, there's something on one of you. Oh, how many of God has ever told you to do something and you just fight it? And you try to justify it and make it sound, well, it's not time. We use all kinds of excuses. And God, that, that ain't the Lord. <laughs> it's the devil. That's who's talking to me. The devil will never tell you to pray. I can tell you right now, the devil will never tell you to read God's word. The devil will never tell you not to go to church. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. The devil will never tell you to do those things because you know why? God is calling you to get close to him. You're coming here this morning. It's not because of me or somebody. You want, it's to get close to the Lord, to understand God's ways. That's what you're here for, right? To hear the word. He says, and now, Israel, what does the Lord require of you? Oh, <laughs> I could preach on that. <laughs> What does the Lord require of you? Who's he talking to? You. <laughs> he's, he's, he's specifically talking to the nation, but he points them out as a you. One nation. One church. Come on, one Christian. He don't say y'all. See, he's not, he's not a, a Cajun. What, who does y'all? The, uh, I don't know. <laughs> Southerners, y'all. He, he doesn't say, he says you. And I specifically believe the Holy Ghost put it there to point out you. Right? What does the Lord require of you? What does he want you to do? You see, we get a personal like that because when God starts to get personal, it gets a little scary. Right? We worry about sister so-and-so and brother so-and-so and what they're doing. But what are you doing? Oh, we preach real good. I'm going to tell you right now. We can preach to anybody, but what are you doing? You, we can tell everybody how to follow God's law. We can tell everybody what to do, but what, what does the Lord require of you? How many know who's the problem? Me. You. You. Us. <laughs> I told you, don't look for that word in the dictionary because it ain't there. There's no such word as us. <laughs> I made that up. But you know what it means. <laughs> Us, this is the problem. What does the Lord require of you? What does he want you to do? Okay. This, 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 is, this, is, this is some good verses, amen? It's all good, but this just stuck out to me. He said, number one, he requires you to fear the Lord your God. You know what's the problem with the church today? No fear of God. We've adopted everything and anything that's abomination to the Lord because we don't fear him anymore. Fear is a good thing if it's to fear the Lord. I told somebody yesterday and they looked at me. I said, you know what? Fear is faith in the devil. Right? But faith is fearing God. Faith will always generate a godly fear. 
a wholesome fear, a reverence fear. I feel the Holy Ghost. I don't know about you. I'm going to preach myself happy. It always produces something that generates a fear toward the Lord. Do you know who this thing we call God is? His power and His glory and His majesty. He's awesome. I thought about that. Me and Boog was talking about. I said, in the beginning... <laughs> God, before you read anything in the Bible, the first few words, in the beginning, God. <laughs> there was no planets. There was no solar system. There was no cosmos as we know it. <laughs> well, I'm going to preach myself happy. Since I feel the Holy Ghost. You better get ready, praise God. I might start doing like Yvette, running around this building in a minute. There was God, hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> there was God. What, what is God? Who is God? What is this being we call God? You heard me say that many times. And I bring it because I believe that I want to. You got to see a little bit of what he is. Light travels at 186,000 miles per second, right? As quick as you can snap your finger, light can cover the whole, go around the whole earth. To get to the nearest star to us, Alpha Centauri takes four years at 186,000 miles per second. That's the nearest, nearest. The reason why they developed the light year, because there's no way they can number, given numbers, the size of the universe. So they measure everything by light, how fast light travels in a year. <laughs> I still think they're coming up short. <laughs> But watch, they, they, you know, you got to listen to, when science says the universe is big, it's even expanding. They said it just keeps going on. You know, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And in the Bible says in the book of Psalms that he stretched out the heavens. <laughs> and and it, it's still growing. So they're going to have to come up with another form of measurement after a while because they ain't going to measure it not even. <laughs> and I thought about that. I said, what? You know how fast something moves? 186,000 miles. That's numbers in a second. As soon as a second passed, somebody went 186,000 miles. To get the near start of four years. Alpha Centauri is the nearest star to our solar system. I said, man, you, you already heard my head already. <laughs> Wait, I said, our Milky Way, the, the, the solar system, our solar system sits in the Milky Way. 100 million years it takes for light to cross from one end of the Milky Way to the other. I said, Wow. <laughs> I'm starting to feel small and small. I don't even think I'm, I'm, I'm measuring in a microscope. <laughs> and you know, you think about all that stuff. I heard a guy say, if you hold up a penny, arm length, or grain of sand even, there's a certain part of the sky you can cover 1,500 galaxies bigger than our own. I said, man, does he even hear me when I call on him? Does he even receive? How? 
the big, the size of this God, this, this power and glory that he possessed. And I'm talking about, can I do anything to please him? <laughs> Is there any way I could generate anything? I could offer him a gift of some kind? You can. <laughs> he says to honor him. My Lord, I feel the presence of the Lord, y'all. To honor him. To honor him. To fear him. To walk in his ways, it says in this verse. To love him. To serve him. To serve the Lord your God with all your heart. All your mind. All your strength. Boy, if we'd ever get to that point, man, we could have some Holy Ghost Pentecostal fire flying all over this place. <laughs> huh? My God, Lawrence, come on, bro. Ah, with everything I got? Flesh is the problem. Well, if I start dancing, they're going to think I'm a nut. Well, so what? <laughs> they can think I'm nutty as a fruitcake as long as I'm touching the Lord. Right? All my mind, all my strength. You know, I've had some good times with the Lord, but I haven't done that yet. I've saw him move. I've saw his presence. I felt it. I, was, I get up encouraged. But with all my mind, all my strength, yet I haven't done it yet. Have you ever done it? You ever got to the point? Not that you're not saved. But God requires this of us. And listen, this morning was great, but that's only the beginning. Listen, if you don't know how to worship, you're going to feel strange in heaven. <laughs> oh, man, they, they dance up there. Oh, they, they run, they shout. They sing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord, God Almighty. They, 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 don't, they do it 24 hours a day. Every second of creation, every second of, of, of eternity, they do it. Holy. Can you tell I'm trying to get you to worship God this <laughs> morning? Hmm? Holy is the Lord. <laughs> Lord, Brother Lenny. <laughs> Listen, your relationship with God is personal. You could be the most shallowest Christian area, you could be the most quietest Christian area. When I see people weep, that tells me something. There's a heart that is broken, right? They want to know God. They want to know God. You know what? I'm not going to finish this, though. Seriously. But I'm going to let you have a little bit, okay? There's a lady yesterday I was sharing with and was talking about the Lord. She said, you're giving me a nugget. <laughs> a little nugget. A little gold nugget. A little nugget to, 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 feed, to, to, to feed on. You know what I'm saying? You ever went to McDonald's and you got them, what do you call eight-piece chicken nugget? And when they're hot, man, they're hot. But when you start to get to the last one, I look at Janice and she looks at me. <laughs> you know, one of us got to humble ourselves. You can have the last nugget if you want. <laughs> we split it. <laughs> but you know what? If I get too much flesh, I'm not going to give her half of it. <laughs> but I do. <laughs> but anyway, I better shut up fucking Trump Holly. No, we share everything. <laughs> but you know it's like that. You need to be looking for every nugget. <laughs> every, every bite, chew it. Everything God gives you, 
let it, you know, I, I, I love ice cream. You don't tell me that one time. And you know what? Sometimes I get them like a peanut butter party ice cream, and I just let it melt in my mouth. Ooh, boy, I don't want to swallow it. <laughs> Listen, you know why? Because I love it. I love the taste of it. I love, I love when it melts. I love it when it, everything, boy. <laughs> <And it melts>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> me and Susan got the same demon, hallelujah. We got chocoholics. <laughs> <laughs> oh man <laughs> Lord I'm so glad bless the man that ever made ice cream hallelujah always in heaven hallelujah <laughs> alright <laughs> let me go on <laughs> he requires you to serve him with all of his, to, to walk in his ways to love him to serve him with all of your heart with all of your soul to keep his commandments that's the thing like I said earlier, a while back, those are not ten opinions. That's not what God thinks you better do. You better. It's God saying, thus said the Lord. And God doesn't stutter. <laughs> he makes it very clear. Thou shalt not make unto you any graven image. Thou shalt not have any other gods before you. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord in vain. You know, that, you know all that I can go on and on and on. It's a commandment. One of the toughest children I had was Isaac. Oh, come on, man. Seriously. When he's a boy over here, he, I had trouble making him sit down. Brother Mike was preaching and stuff, and, and, and I said, you better stay still, boy. And he, I go outside. I let him have it. The belt. I mean, the sword of education on the seat of learning, hallelujah. I would let him. <laughs> but Mike said, Bully, you're not roughing that boy? I said, he's not going to disrupt the house of God. Now he's a preacher, hallelujah. Now doing a good work for the Lord, amen. He's not going to hinder. You see, I can handle a little baby like that, but not when a child gets the way he can sit still. <laughs> Sit still. <laughs> Gonna learn, boy. But well, daddy, stop sticking that prick in my back. <laughs> oh, oh, it hurts. <laughs> you better remember, kick against, kick against that prick. Jesus is poking. You better do what I say. Go. All right. <laughs> All right. Let me go on. And I'm not going to keep you too much longer. I promise you'll be here, out of here for 12. Chicken dinner won't burn. Hallelujah. Praise God. Okay. And I want to start. Uh, let me see where I was at. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I, my Bible got some small prints. It says, the Lord delighted only in your fathers. And it meant that God wanted to save the children of Israel. He wanted to save their their fathers. He wanted, to, he wanted to give them a seed. See, I believe in honestly that when you, Kelsey, pray with that little baby, that's a seed. That's something that you're putting in that child that that child can grow in the Lord. Now, when they get older, you read them. We used to do it all the time in Genesis. We sit with our kids and we're young, man. We, we, they love the book of Genesis. <laughs> My kids, don't stop reading that. I'll kind of keep them in suspense. I read four or five chapters and they would say, Daddy, one more chapter. We wait for tomorrow night. You got to keep them hungry. 
And I see the effect of it today. And I see what God has done with it. Okay? But if you want a godly seed, you have to be godly. Right? You have to be the one responsible to teaching your children the ways of the Lord. I see a couple of babies in here. You're not going to grow up one day. Right? Mia, that baby's going to have to make decisions away from you. Kelsey, yours? Anybody got a baby in here? And they got to make decisions one day. He says, I got to look what was in my heart. Right? She let the world make the decisions for them. They'll, they'll, they'll die. But give them something to fight back. Right? Give them something to fight back. I've always thought that way, praise God. And he says, uh, verse 16, Therefore circumcise the foreskin of your heart. See, the thing about circumcision was a fleshly system that would show the, show the, uh, the world or show everybody else that you were sealed. A male child had to be circumcised, the foreskin of his heart. Now, skin, I mean, foreskin. But now God demands the circumcision of your heart. And not only men, women too. That he wants you to circumcise that your heart would be right. Right? He said, take away the stiff-neckedness from you, the rebellion from you. Circumcise the world from your heart. Circumcise the system of the world. Everything that's fleshly from your heart, right? You remember when Stephen was preaching? You see, these Pharisees, were so, they, they were circumcised physically, but they had a evil, they were, they were biting on him, man. They were gnawing on their teeth, but thank God he said, I see Jesus, right? <laughs> Standing at the right hand of God. <laughs> and they, that, that religious spirit was so angry at him. They, wanted, they were biting him and stoning him and, because he loved the Lord, right? I used to work years for the highway department, and, I, and I, said, I, I would live under the conviction of the Holy Spirit. And I was, I was watching men and women. They had women working there and God would make me do some of the craziest things. To me, it was... See, while, while everybody was sitting around doing nothing, I realized that I was getting paid to sit down and do nothing. So I said, Lane, I want you to go walk around and pick a paper around the yard. I said, I said, these people are paying you to work. <laughs> and I felt such like an oddball, y'all. I said, why is everybody else not doing it? Because I'm not talking to everybody else. I'm talking to you. <laughs> And you know what? Through those little instances, God de developed character in me to fear Him. It just sounds not, not like the OU incident where I said, I, I, one time I didn't even want to eat devil food cookies. That's how bad it was. <laughs> and you know what? <laughs> well, well, you know what was the matter? I didn't want to offend God. I was just so tender hearted. I was just so sensitive that I thought if I'd eat a devil food cookie, Thank God he delivered me of that because I love him now. <laughs> That's part of my chocolate demon I got. <laughs> but it's true. I love him. God did, the devil didn't make that cookie, Lawrence. God made it. <laughs> Thank God for Hershey. Thank God for whoever made the peanut butter cup. I love you. But anyway, <laughs> I'm going to get you all in the flesh. Let me stop. I'm going to thinking about candy and all that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> circumcise the foreskin of your heart and he says and be 
Stiff-necked no longer. Or be not stiff-necked. For the Lord your God is a God, God of gods. And I, and listen, you remember I was, I was singing that the other day, and I was, was singing a song. Uh, this, these are the days of Elijah. Right. How do we go again? Yeah. Well, it says, there's no, there's no God like Jehovah. There's no God. We, we miss singing that thing. There's no God but Jehovah. I need to write them. I said, it's a wonderful song, but I need to say, there's no God but Jehovah. Come on, somebody. There's no God but Jehovah. Listen, I got a funny character sometimes. I'll repent, all right? <laughs> when I started hearing that, that song, what it was, uh, you know the one I don't like. I mean, uh, nobody can do me like Jesus. I don't want that song here because Jesus, Jesus is not a doer of somebody. If you sing it, nobody bless me like Jesus. Nobody would love me like Jesus. To me, that, that's just a dirty overtone, a sexual overtone. To say nobody can do me like Jesus. Sound like something coming off the street, man. I, I just, I, I don't like it. I like, that's the only part I don't like about it. Nobody can bless me like Jesus. That's just me, okay. You like the song, great. <laughs> I, just I just have a problem with it. Okay, because I don't see, I see irreverence in the way they talk about Jesus, okay, or the song talks about Jesus. The rest of the song is fine. One word. <laughs> but you know what? I've learned that if I'm going to get closer to God, first of all, reverence is the number one thing he's, he's requiring of me, in fear of him. Don't, don't, don't use the Lord's name in vain. Don't use it in a... a, a Right, a way that sounds irreverent, right? You know, when, when they were writing the scriptures, people don't realize that when the scribes, before we had a Bible, they were, that was written by, those scriptures were written hand by hand. Scribes would write it. And you know, when they got to the name Jehovah, no, they would stop and worship. They would, they would stop and worship every time they would write the name Jehovah. They would worship. And I said, man, if they would forget one letter, they would forget to do something in those. And when our, our vernacular is, you know, cross a T or dot an I or whatever. They would tear it up and start all over until it was perfect. So that Bible in your hand is not just written by man saying he wants to write. It was written under the fear and reverence of the Lord. My God, do you hear me? They knew what they were writing. And they knew the significance and the power of what they were writing. When you speak Jehovah, do you stop and worship? My God, I'm almost finished. I'm going to finish this one day, okay? The Lord told me this morning when I was praying, He said, you bring me the highest praise. We're to, we're to, we're to bring Him the highest praise. This is not a religion we're talking about. It bothers me when I can see people say, well, if you don't dress like us and talk like us and look like us, that... <laughs> I'm not going to get to it. I'm going to do it one day. You know, the Bible says that God says we're to welcome in strangers. 
If you finish reading that passage of Scripture, a stranger is somebody outside the covenant. If you look at it on that way. The children of Israel, when they took in a stranger, the Bible says God loved them. He would, he would, he would clothe them and feed them. And we were to bring in these strangers into our covenant. As Christians, we're to look at, we're to look at the people out there in the quarter homes in the world and say, God loves those people, okay? And God wants to clothe them. And he wants to provide for them. And he wants to bring them into the body of Christ, the covenant with the Lord. You know, I think about, let me just go close your Bibles. Because I'll never, <laughs> it's just too much. When I think about the people coming to the border, and the Lord changed my mind about some of that. You know why? It's because these people are looking for something better. It's not about them, hearsay. Because you don't know what's in their hearts. They got hungry children. Their lives, their lives are destitute. They want a, a better life. So as strangers, you go ahead and read that. I want you to take that at your house and finish reading that. He talks about in, taking in strangers. According to the Bible, we can't just get out of here and go back. We, we have to feed them. Go ahead and read it. Deuteronomy talks about it. Take them in. Now, you got to come over here legally. I'm not a, you gotta, we have to know who you are. You know what I'm saying? You have process. But some of them, their children are starving, seriously. They're not going to wait three years to get a green card. <clears throat> and I'm not justifying them coming over. Listen to me. <clears throat> but the heart of the Lord is for these people. And as Christians, if we want to do anything, we ought to be on that border. When they cross over, give them at least clothes and food or something. And that's just me, okay? When I read this, I thought about that. I went and collected uh, some money that somebody owed me for a job. And they had some, some Mexican guys, and, and they were, the guy's building them a house. The guy that I'm, I sell dirt with. My wife's there. I said, Janice, look how hard these people are working. They never stop. They constantly focus upon what they, because they know that's their bread and their life. We got Americans, you can't get them off their butt. You can't get them to go mow the lawn. You can't get them to do nothing. They, they walk around murdering and killing each other. But I personally believe these people are, they, they, might, they broke the law. Okay, I'm not knocking that. Listen, no, I'm, people don't get me mad at me. I'm, I'm not justifying that. But if you were in their place and you had children that were starving, and you, 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 you didn't have nothing. And you wanted to feed them. What would you do? Hmm? But you see, God's heart is like this. He loves the stranger. He wants to feed the stranger. He wants to, go ahead and, I didn't get into it. You need to finish reading that chapter. How his heart is for those that are destitute and poor. How they need the Lord. Right? The Bible says, if your enemy thirsts, give him a drink. If he's hungry, give him food. By doing that, you heap a coal of fire. What's good? These people are not our enemies, seriously. 
And I'm still for right immigration. I'm still for, you know, uh, border checking who's coming across the border. But I'm trying, to, I'm trying to see how they feel, all right? Why? why? Why are they coming? God loves them, right? And we're to love them also. We should never go on a job and, and look, look at them and say, these dirty Mexicans. That's, not the, that's ungodly. Their souls that God loves, or, or, or it don't matter if it's if it's a Mexican or a black person or a white person or whatever, we should never look at it that way. Because God reaches out for these souls, right? He loves them. He wants to save them. You, you're not more important than they are. He died for them too, right? So Lord reminded me that while I was I was just weeping when I said, Lord, forgive me for being so uncompassionate. Yeah, so, so, you know, I looked at that and I said, I want to I do something for this community. I can't, I can't do nothing on the border right now, but I can do something for Coda Homes. I can reach out to people. We don't know what they're dealing with. And let's pray for them, okay? And let's pray that God would use us. Remember, we're here, first of all, to honor the Lord, and everything we do has to follow. What does He require of us? He requires us, us to love the stranger. To clothe them, help feed them as much as possible, right? And I, I want to be a church that's doing some that, all right? I hope you're ready. You want to be used of the Lord? We're going to make a difference, okay? In Coda Homes. Let's get a vision that souls will come in, lives will be changed, bodies will be healed. People that are on drugs will be set free, right? I'm going to say something. My God can do it. Come on. I was in no better place than them. But my God can do it. They sick in their bodies. My God can do it. Come on. My little girl, Hannah. She's not a little girl no more, but she's still small. <laughs> she used to follow me around, and I, I would tell her, Hannah, I'm going to do it. We work on something. She said, I can do it. <laughs> Daddy, I can do it. <laughs> I can do it. That was a famous word. I, 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 let me do it, Daddy. I can do it. Well, let me tell you. <laughs> My God can do it. All right? Let's stand up. Praise God. Let's, let's thank God for today. It was a good day. I want to challenge you today. Okay? And ask the Lord. Lord, what do you require of me? Right? What is... Listen... We as a body, we do things as a church, okay? A corporate prayer, our corporate unity we're doing. But there is what, what does God require of us personally? See, I like to do that. I, listen, I'm not responsible for what you do. In a sense, I'll give you the word, okay? And I want you to do it. I'm responsible if I don't tell you, right? But what does the Lord require of you? How much is your life reflecting Jesus's, right? You ask yourself that question. How much of Jesus is in you? When you go on the street or you go to the store or wherever you go, listen, me and my Janice, come on in, come on. Man, sometimes I'll go to the, the grocery store. I'm preaching I live to the, to the cashiers and stuff, and we had a good little time the other day. And one little girl said something, and I would have never thought it came out of her. She said, you know what? We have no problem believing the devil. Why, don't, why, why can't we believe God? <laughs> I said, what? I said, what? 
<laughs> we believe everything he says. But when God says something, we just, oh, yeah, you're right. I said, look at a little preacher, man. I said, you said something was true. <laughs> my Lord. <laughs> she said, I have a tattoo in my back. What it was, she said? My faith overcomes my fear. <laughs> I said, come on, Jesus. Hallelujah. Lenny got preached to by a little cashier. <laughs> Maybe she was 110 pounds. <laughs> Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. I thank you for the goodness of the Lord. And Lord, what do you require of us? To love you, to worship, to walk in your ways, to follow your commandments, to love you with all our hearts, minds, and souls. Father, to, to, to carry this, this gospel to the strangers and, and those that are hurting. Father, that's what you require of us. Lord, make us missionaries in Coda Homes and wherever we go. That we could carry this gospel, Lord. And the message of Jesus wherever we are. And Lord, I just thank you for those that are here and actually to bless them. Bless their day.